welcome everyone to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. Hope y'all had an amazing day. We're going to get right to it because I need to hop in the shower and get ready for bed. We are in Second Chronicles chapter 24, talking about Joash repairs the temple. Joash repairs the temple. Right. Joash was seven years old when he became king. Could you imagine being king at seven years old? How would you even know what? Yeah. Anyway, just to show you, don't look at a kid's age. Don't look at a kid's age. They are prepared to do some amazing things, even at a young age. And he reigned in Jerusalem 40 years. His mother was Zibiah from Beersheba. Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight throughout the lifetime of Jehida, the priest. I wonder who, like, his, like, you know, he probably had some people helping him, of course, handle his kingship duties. Uh, I wonder who his advisors were. Jehida chose two wives for Joash, and he has sons and daughters. So, yeah, yeah, back then they had arranged marriages. I'm just thinking about that. The other day I was talking to my new girlfriend, my lovely girlfriend, Stephanie. She's going to come on the podcast at some point. She doesn't know it yet. <laughs> I'm going to get her on here, even though she said she doesn't uh, like the idea of, of doing any type of public speaking. I was like, you're just talking to strangers, you know. It's not like you're talking. Yeah, anyway, it's called, it'll be interesting when I bring her on here. But yeah, it's been a long time coming to answer the prayer. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun when I have her on here. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I was talking to her about, yeah, how so much of the whole relationship game, people don't realize it's changed so fast. Um, And yeah, for years, most marriages were in North America, even though they weren't like the Eastern world and other parts of the world where it's like arranged, they were arranged in a way to where your parents pretty much made sure to, you know, keep, make sure that their families intermingle, like wealthy families intermingle with one another so that you could marry another wealthy, like that money could stay in the family kind of thing. People would sometimes marry their cousins to keep money in the family. Uh, yeah, an inheritance. Or yeah, you yeah, you marry your cousins. <laughs> it was not uh far off for that to happen, but a lot of marriages were pretty much arranged. So that would have been interesting if I had an arranged marriage, what that would have been like. So anyway, Jehida chose two wives for Joash, and he has sons and daughters. At one point, Joash decided to repair and restore the temple of the Lord. He summoned the priests and Levites and gave them these instructions. Go to all the towns of Judah and collect the required annual offering so that we can repair the temple of your God. Do not delay. But the Levites did not act immediately. So the king called for Jehida, the high priest, and asked him, Why haven't you demanded that the Levites go out and collect the temple taxes from the towns of Judah, from Jerusalem? Moses, the servant of the Lord, levied this tax on the community of Israel in order to maintain the tabernacle of the covenant. Over the years, the followers of wicked Athaliah had broken into the temple of God, and they had used all the dedicated things from the temple of the Lord to worship the images of Baal. So now the king ordered a chest to be made and set outside the gate leading to the temple of the Lord. 
Then a proclamation was sent throughout Judah and Jerusalem, telling the people to bring to the Lord the tax that Moses, the servant of God, had required of the Israelites in the wilderness. This pleased all the leaders and the people, and they gladly brought their money and filled the chest with it. Whenever the chest became full, the Levites would carry it to the king's officials. Then the court secretary and an officer of the high priest would come and empty the chest and take it back to the temple again. This went on day after day, and a large amount of money was collected. The king and Jehida gave the money to the construction supervisors, who hired masons and carpenters to restore the temple of the Lord. They also hired metal workers who made metal workers who made articles of iron and bronze for the Lord's temple. The men in charge of the renovation worked hard and made steady progress. They restored the temple of God according to its original design and strengthened it. When all the repairs were finished, they brought the remaining money to the king in Jehida. It was used to make various articles for the temple of the Lord, articles for worship services and for burnt offerings, including ladles and other articles made of gold and silver. And the burnt offerings were sacrificed continually in the temple of the Lord during the lifetime of Jehida the priest. Jehida lived to a very old age, finally dying at 130. Wow. He was buried, because you imagine living to be 130 years old. He was buried among the kings in the city of David because he had done so much good in Israel for God in his temple. Jehada's reforms reversed, but after Jehada's death, the leader of Judah came and bowed before King Joash and persuaded him to listen to their advice. They decided to abandon the temple of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and they worshipped Asherah poles and idols instead. Because of this sin, divine anger fell on Judah and Jerusalem. Yet the Lord sent prophets to bring them back to him. The prophets warned them, but still the people would not listen. Then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, son of Jehida the priest. He stood before the people and said, This is what God says. Why do you disobey the Lord's commands and keep yourselves from prospering? You have abandoned the Lord, and now he has abandoned you. Then the leaders plotted to kill Zechariah and King Joash, ordered that they stone him to death in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. Mm, that was how King Joash repaid Jehida for his loyalty by killing his son. Zechariah, Zechariah's last words as he died were, May the Lord see what they are doing and avenge my death. Wow. The end of Joash's reign. In the spring of the year, the Aramean army marched against Joash. They invaded Judah and Jerusalem and killed all the leaders of the nation. Then they sent all the plunder back to their king in Damascus. Although the Arameans attacked with only a small army, the Lord helped them conquer the much larger army of Judah. The people of Judah had abandoned the Lord and the God of their ancestors. ancestors. So judgment was carried out against Joash. The Arameans withdrew, leaving Joash severely wounded, but his own officials plotted to kill him for murdering the son of Jehida the priest. They assassinated him as he lay in bed, and then he was buried in the city of David, but not in the royal cemetery. Ooh, man. Remember, once again, like, where you were buried back then was very significant. So that was like a dishonor to be buried, not, not be buried in the royal cemetery. Mm. I wonder how much that, like, where you're buried, like, actually has an effect or an impact on your, in eternity. I don't know. 
Why was that so significant? Like, it must have meant something. It's like to God for him to put that in the scripture, in the Bible, like this particular situation. And to say, but he was not buried in the royal cemetery. God could have, like, when he told the scribes to write this stuff down, he didn't have to put that detail in there. He could just been like, he was buried in the city of David. He didn't have to put that whole but nine in the royal cemetery. I don't know. That's something I need to research more, like the significance of where you're buried. There's some people that don't um, believe in cremation. Those are some interesting conversations to have later. It's kind of morbid, but hey. That's, I was having a whole conversation with it about that with my grandma. So... The assassins were Josachar, the son of an Ammonite woman named Shimeath, and Jehozabad, the son of a Moabite woman named Shomer. They count to the sons of Joash the prophecies about him, a prophecies about him, and the record of his restoration of the temple of God are written in the contemporary, of the commentary on the book of the kings. His son Amaziah became the next king. Let's see what Amaziah does. All right. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come up short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated or showed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10, verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For with our hearts, we believe we are now right standing with God. And with our mouths, we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10, 13 says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So you can simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Have an amazing day. And I will holler at y'all tomorrow, God willing.